Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 33 of Millennial Gaming Speak. At guard, hailing from Orlando, Florida, the host, or one of them at least, Max Roberts. And then, hailing from Indianapolis, Indiana, he is me, it is I, the person speaking, Logan Moore! And then with us, also tonight, the greatest basketball player in NBA history, the one, the only, Michael Jordan! Ladies and gentlemen, your episode 33 of Millennial Gaming Speak, staff, or host. Hey, what's up? How's it going? I'm good. Did you have fun with that? Yeah, I kind of had fun with that. Did you like that? That was pretty good. I was actually pretty entertained. I didn't know if I was supposed to yell or not, but then you kept going, so I just I kind of cut my yell short. I was going to say, I told you, you'd know when it's over. Well, I didn't know, because you were introducing me, which I didn't know you were doing, so I didn't know <laughs> if I had to say anything. You just got to run out on the court and give some see. high fives and I don't, some I don't chest do bumps to people. Yeah, I don't do the basketball game, so I didn't know that. So actually, if you want... You could edit that out. No, nah, it's all good. Yeah, actually, I could, actually, I could edit it out. We'll Ooh, see. Now it's if you, if you if you guys hear, yeah, because now everybody's gonna be like, well, what's Max talking about? They're well, talking I... about a point when Max yelled, and I didn't hear anything. Hey, people who are listening to this, if it's edited out, you'll know, and if it's not edited out, you'll also know that way. But anyway, hey, welcome to Millennial Gaming Speak, episode thirty-three, or the copyright gaming speak, as we like to call it sometimes. But thanks, Alan Parsons Project, Dranda. for that great intro Trace. song. Um, Max, what's up? Video gums are up. It's uh, it's February now, so it is. We're officially, we're officially at that time of the year where uh, it's kind of like the new fall almost. Yeah and despite spring delays, is the new spring is the new fall and orange is the new black and bad show yeah uh, i never watched it never cared to it it dived after the in my opinion dived after the first season but that's all beside the point um i mean so there's a lot of games coming out in february do i care about them not too much uh, firewatch comes out in a week though firewatch is the big one i'm looking at and um, I feel like there's something else. I mean, there's Far Primal. Cry Primal at the end of the month. Which, there's no way that game is delayed <coughs> now. There's just no way. No, there, it's not delayed. It's not. Yeah, um, see? So I just, you were, you I'm were still, wrong about that one. I'm still convinced that it is a smaller Far Cry game that was just going to start out as a piece of DLC. And then Ubisoft's like, hey, blow that thing up and we'll just put it out at $60 retail. So we'll see once the full game's out how much is there. Honestly, that's kind of an unfair thing for me to say, probably, since I haven't gotten my hands on it. But I just, I don't know. I bet that it, it's not as big as some other main entry Far Cry games. I don't know. Uh, it, well, it's something to compare to for 3 and 4. I never played 4. Uh, 3 I, I spent a good chunk of time with. Never beat the story, um, but I did a good chunk. 3 was really good. 4 was really fun. I liked 4 a lot. Um, yeah, actually, I was going to actually, I was talking to you about this a second ago. But I'm kind of getting back into writing, so if you're listening to this, people, read my writing. Let me know how it is. Um, my first kind of piece that I'm writing up right now is why I'm not really excited for Far Cry Primal. Um, 
So if you want to hear me talk about that more, I'm going to write a piece up about it because I really do like Far Cry, the Far Cry series a lot. I think that they're fantastic open world games and Primal just does not have my interest in the slightest. So we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. Plug, I bet plug, I end up plug, playing plug, plug. it at some time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so not a ton going on. I have been playing, again, a lot of video games. I told you a couple of minutes ago I probably played about 12 hours of Metal Gear the other day, and I finally which knocked just, that one off of my backlog, which, which was... Which is an impressive feat because... I it's hard. Remember. It's hard going back to games once you've put them down for a couple months, but luckily that one kind of... I don't know that one. Kind, for it. Yeah, that one kind of hit with me again too. Once I got back into it, once I had played it for about another hour, I was like, "All right, I remember this. I'm I'm into this again. Let's start micromanaging my staff and developing no, I, all kinds of guns and all that all that good stuff." When you were telling me, Max, you gotta go back and play this game, and you were telling me why I should play this game again, I was like, "Okay, all right, I'm fine." So I, I put The Witcher aside and I I booted it back up, and they added this whole challenge thing. That wasn't there before, so I claimed all those rewards. So now I'm filthy rich, and I have like a bunch of A-list staff. Um, now it's I just let the computer kind of manage the staff at this point. I make my gear, build my bonds. Went in a mission. I did two story missions. That's good. Yeah, but just I've, take it in bits and pieces. You don't have to play it like as much as I did, obviously, in one day. And actually, I played that game probably. Um, probably close to 30 hours last week alone, which is insane, that but is... I just, that game got its hooks back in me. College, I dove right education, back in. who needs it? Yeah, well, I've just had a really slow beginning of the semester, and no, I've been yeah. off work the past two weeks, or at least one of my jobs I've been off of work, and um, yeah, I don't know, just sounded like fun to play that game and i definitely yeah. did um but yeah i i've got a lot on my plate right now You're, that that sounds so stupid when i say that i mean do you feel the same way right now where you're like wow i'm so stressed about all the games i gotta play well what was me i mean it seems like a dumb it's, it's complaint a, to have it's a first person first world problem it's a first world problem for thank sure thank you that's the terminology i was looking um for. yeah because so I went back to Metal Gear. That felt nice. I really want to go back to Witcher, which I know you've been encouraging me to do. I also want to go back to Fallout, though, and finish my playthrough of that. At the same time, I just installed Bloodborne onto my PS4 last night. That's looking really ideal for me to jump into and play right now. That sounds perfect for me to play right now. And I, I don't know. Like, I've owned that game for a couple months now, and now I keep looking at it on my shelf, and it just sounds like a ton of fun. And so I may jump into getting, Bloodborne getting now, your, which is... Getting your teeth kicked in. Yeah, the curb stomped sounds yeah. fun. It it does actually. Uh, I've played the I've played the game. It, it it's a lot better than it's a lot. I like the controls a lot more than uh, Demon Souls. I played oh. it at a, fr- a friend's house and I played Demon Souls. Got a couple hours into it and kind of got tired of it. Bloodborne, I can at least tell it's a little bit more manageable, um, which is right. nice. There's just that opening probably five to ten hours where you gotta kind of level up your character at least somewhat. Um, yeah, and then when I, I don't know, I got the witness. That's fun. Been enjoying the first hour or so of that. Right, and we talked about that game last we ta- week. Yeah, we did about um, the price I, and things. So I'm yeah, kind of curious it, what you think overall about the game. Um, like, it's beautiful. So I've only I've only spent like an hour ninety minutes with it. It's beautiful. I love it so far. 
Um, I like how I heard somebody talk about it was on I think it was in a podcast I listened to weekly about how the game kind of teaches you its own language and it introduces small little things here and there and before you know it you're doing complex things that like a half hour before you would have had no idea how to do I love that I love that it, that it does that and um I don't know it's just it feels like it, it starts you out at a good pace for learning how the mechanics of the puzzles work. And really it's it grows into being mazes on crack because all of the puzzles are maze-based for the most part. And um, yeah, I, I like what I've the time I've spent with it so far. I really, like I said, I haven't done much in it, but um, I'm looking forward to hopefully sitting down and playing it for a little bit tonight. I don't know. It's kind of a relaxing game too, even though it was frustrating me at points when I was playing it. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I've also gone back to play. This is kind of dumb. I played for probably a couple hours yesterday. Lego Marvel Superheroes, not the new one, the older one, because I bought yeah, that the... a couple months back, and I never got around to playing it. And it just sounded fun yesterday, so I played I that played, a little bit. I played that one before. It's a, yeah. it's fun. I mean, it's a Lego game. Yeah, it's solid. Which is good. It's you know, it's fun. But I've never really done the open world Lego games until that one. That's that was actually my pretty much one. my first one. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's different, but it's oh, fun. Wait. No, maybe that Lego Undercover Cop game for Wii U. Oh, you played that? Yeah, I have a one of my friends. He's well, he just turned thirteen, but you know he's got a bunch. Of, he's had the Wii U since launch, so he's had all those games. Yeah, uh, and him and his dad play the Lego games together. That's what they do. Um, so they bought Lego City, the undercover cop game, thinking it would be co-op, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the few Lego games that wasn't co-op. But, you know, he played it, and so I tried it out and stuff. And it's, I think that was one of the first open-world Lego games, if I am if I remember correctly. I think it was like Lego Batman 2 was the first one. The Pro- like That sounds about one. right, yeah. And then from there it went to like uh, Undercover, and I think Lord of the Rings did it as well. I haven't... And- I haven't bought a Lego game since the first Lego game, Lego Star Wars. Really? Yeah, it's still sitting on my shelf. It's a great game, hundred percent of that one. Interesting. I uh, I'm trying to think. I have played. I've just mainly stuck to the Star Wars ones. I did the Indiana Jones as well, and um, I don't think I've done many others. I uh, a couple of years ago, my with my high school girlfriend, we played through Lord of the Rings. So I guess that was an open world one I played. But um, I didn't care for that one. I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy by any means. That I don't really care for Lord of the Rings. Sniff. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. What did you I, say sniff sniff about? Uh, that you aren't a Lord of the Rings guy. Oh, I thought you heard my dog barking. I was like, sniff no. sniff. My no, dog's no, barking no, downstairs no. again. She made an appearance last week. Um, She's the third co third host. Yeah, and Michael Jordan over here. He's just being yeah. quiet right now, though. So Michael um, Jordan. He's he's a man of few words, but a man of many tears, as you've probably seen from the crying Michael Jordan meme. Um, There's a crying Michael Jordan meme? Yeah, I don't know how you haven't seen that. Oh, I know how you haven't seen that. It's because he don't like sports. Not a sports but, guy. Yeah, so... But I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I'm not even... Actually, I'm excited for the Super Bowl, sort of. Do you think we see the Rogue One trailer? During the Super Bowl? Yeah. Nah, heck no. You think nah? You think they'll show it off like during Civil War? I don't know. Speaking of Rogue One, did you see the rumor no. or the the like supposed like leak or whatever 
No. There was a Lego conference in Europe, and they were showing, like, upcoming play sets of, uh, like, Lego sets throughout the next, like, year or something like that. And they were, like, showing off their force. There was, uh, there was a couple images behind this woman while she was giving, like, a presentation. And there was one that was, like, uh, Star Wars Force Awakens with, like, a little thumbnail image of, like, Lego versions of Rey and uh, Kylo Ren. And then there was something else in the middle. And then on the right side, they said Lego Star Wars, uh, Lego, Lego Star Wars Rogue One playsets. And the thumbnail image they were using was a picture of Slave One. And everybody's like, holy crap, Boba Fett's in this movie. So everybody's losing their minds over that right now thinking that Boba Fett could possibly be in the movie now. I mean which is insanely awesome if it's true. I mean technically yes, he could be in that movie since it's between 3 and 4. I wonder what his role would be though. I wonder how old he would be. Like there's I don't know, that would be awesome cuz as much as awesome as great of a character as Boba Fett is, he doesn't do a whole lot in the original prequels or the original films. So if we could see him actually blasting people away and being the stud that we all know he is that would be really cool and disintegrating people that would that'd be awesome man it's all a possibility and plus darth vader's gonna be in the movie which they've already confirmed which is great we'll see his return to the big screen that movie's gonna be good i'm really looking forward to rogue one cautiously cautiously optimistic i think uh i think gareth edwards is a great director i, I like a lot of his movies and so i'm confident in it just purely from that perspective of me liking his films so um but yeah let's quit talking about star wars let's get into the news this week i'm all about that news decent chunk of news still don't have it i forgot to think up a title name for this you didn't do your job the new news we'll call it the new news the new news new news it's the new news everyone even though i'm pretty sure that's probably why news is called news because it's new and anyway um Plural, we'll think so. we we got a we got a bunch of things we're trying to work on here with millennial games we got it we got to come up with segment names we got to try to reach more you ears on a weekly basis which is something we're trying to do think about so it. news is singular and plural it is oh never noticed that one before so is uh so is moose look yes. at all the moose and all uh, those all deer right deer the deer so is uh lego i think people who say people who say legos are wrong are you sure i learned that yesterday because i had a homework assignment that dealt with legos and i typed legos and i was like is that right and i looked it up and nope if you want to use a plural uh plural form that ends with s you gotta call it like lego bricks or something like that um Thing, the more you know, the more you know. Now you, now you. But speaking of, the more you know, do you want to share the news, the new news with the 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 new news, our new news for the week. Um, two days from now, we get our final two Smash characters. We are getting Bayonetta Mm -hmm. and Corin on Wednesday, so February third. February third, stateside, we get Bayonetta, Corin, along with the new Bayonetta stage. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And then we're done. And then and it's then over. It's... And then they Sakurai goes and he hops in a you... coffin and they bury him alive. Oh my... And then that's it. Yeah, that's dark. That's it, probably it... the most dark, morbid thing you've ever said. No, it, it wasn't that dark. He did it willingly. He hopped in the coffin himself and 
He didn't fight it. He was like, I'm just going to get in this coffin. I understand you guys are going to bury me into the ground. I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that. And they're like, yes, sir, Mr. Sakurai. And then he, they buried him down there, and he got really upset because he's like, oh, darn, I forgot to put one more Fire Emblem character into the game. So there is there enough Fire Emblem? I don't know. But it really is, though, on a serious note, it is the end of the game. Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS is done in two days. Or is it part two of the new story? Rumors Ooh. are going around that it might come to the nx at launch i could see that happening but i don't know if it i i I would love it to happen because i think this is a good enough game this is the only game from the wii u that i care about honestly um everything else has been zelda remake mario remake there's um but mario maker as well but i still haven't played that or bought it um but yeah, this is the only game I really care about going forward. Like Mario, this will Mario Kart Eight. Mario Kart Eight's fine. I I didn't get it uh, super into it. I have Mario it. Mario Kart Eight is a bluff. It is one of the better Mario Karts. I will agree. But I just again kind of with uh, local co-ops dying. All my college friends left. We're gonna talk about local co-op later in the show with our topics. Um, all my friends left for college and stuff for the most part. So it's like, oh, I don't have anybody to play Mario Kart with. So this is kind of not as fun as it used to be when I was younger. So that mm-hmm. kind of died off for me, and I didn't have the same experience with this one that I used to have. Um, it's a great game, yeah. It is one of the better Mario Karts for sure. I know that. It's but. it's it's a winner, chicken dinner. And then, you know, Zelda, we haven't seen that yet, but it's coming out. But back to Smash on NX. The rumor didn't state if it was a remake or a brand-new numbered entry. I highly doubt a numbered entry, a new one, like Smash 5. I don't see no, it. No, heck, heck no. Heck There's, no. There are years between Smash Brothers games. Years. Yeah. I don't see it And becoming... not only that, but I don't know if Sakurai wants to... He likes working on this series, but I, I don't think the he, sense I when you he's... watch the directs, it takes a lot out of him. I think he's done, actually, with Smash. I, I agree with you. I think he probably is I think done. Bandai Namco is now taking over. Development. They are. Yeah, and that was actually part of the rumor, I think, was that Bandai Namco was the one who wanted to bring it to the NX. It wasn't... I don't think it was Nintendo specifically, but I think Bandai Namco was the one who was... This is such a... This is such a small story, too. Like, this is such a tiny rumor that I don't even feel like we should give it much discussion on a show. Well, you've got to think... If it's it's just a, a port up, you know, it's just a prettier port of an already pretty game really you're not only now you're not it's not double dipping you're triple dipping in smash and it's kind of just like padding the lineup which to me says they don't have a lot of stellar launch titles or they have just a few like keys you know obviously they just need one amazing title launch game look at wii sports which was the reason the wii sold the way it did or you look at mario 64 which is a little more definitive and you know really defined you know it's a touchstone moment in history yeah i mean so kind of padding the launch library with a game that people love already i've heard some interesting comments saying well not a lot of people own a wii u so people have just missed out like they just bought the 3ds version which is fair i mean the numbers compared to the wii 
in the Wii U, like obviously more people bought Brawl because of the larger install base, but so that's kind of a valid argument, I think. But for hardcore yeah. fans, that's triple dipping. It's like, how do you say no to the newer version? Of I was Smash? gonna say, but then again, I don't have a problem spending sixty bucks on that game again at launch. I really don't because it'll be on my sit. I'm looking at it, at it as an investment as well. Like every every console has a Smash, and like you said, there's so many years between Smash games. The Wii had a relatively short life life uh, life cycle, um, so I wouldn't mind having a Smash on the next system. The one thing that it does say though is that if they do port it, does that automatically mean that the NX isn't backwards compati- compatible? That was with the Wii other. U? That was the other point I was going to bring up. I heard that from. Uh, Jose Otero over at IGN. Yeah, NVC. He, yeah. he was the first one I heard to bring that up. And I think I think it does. I think the NX cannot be backwards compatible. I don't I don't I don't, th- I don't think it will be. I think it has to cut ties. Yep, I, um, I, I, I totally agree. It look at the look at the N sixty four and the GameCube. Um the reason the N sixty four's sales were not as stellar as PlayStation is because Nintendo decided to choose with the then aging form of cartridges uh, that wouldn't be able to store as much data as CDs, and that's why the PlayStation games, you know, were bigger, looked, sounded better, whatever you want to say, and it also sold better, and it was cheaper to make. You know, Nintendo was losing money making these cartridges still, yeah. and then you know from there, then the GameCube and the Wii were compatible, and then. You know, then you drop the GameCube, and now it's Wii and Wii U. Um, but I think this is one of those transitions from, you know, N sixty four to GameCube. I, I just think, think. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, I was just like the, you know how the DS was compatible with the GBA. I think this is the transition from the three DS, or you know, you drop, you're dropping it. I think yeah. it's time. Um, from like is, the DS Lite to the DSi or something like that, where the bottom mm-hmm. port isn't there anymore yeah. um just so here's here's why i don't think it will be um and it's because and this is part of the confusing marketing that has been there since day one with the wii u is that the system fully supports everything Wii still like most of the games are compatible with wii remotes as well so you can use wii remotes on practically any multiplayer games on that system so to make the nx then backwards compatible not only means that the gamepad would probably transfer over and be able to be used on the nx but i'm going to assume that all the wii remotes would be able to would have to transfer over as well and that is so messy after a while like like you said eventually there comes a point where you just need to cut ties you just need to forget about everything you've done in the past 10 years and you just need to start fresh and i think this is their point where they need to start fresh it's let's stop holding on to the wii remotes that came out in 2006 or 2007 i mean i'm tired of those that is a decade old controller i'm sick of seeing them honestly like it was a fine controller for a while but let's be done with it let's move on let's get going into the future of what nintendo is because i still feel like the transition from wii to wii u never felt big and it just i mean even the name wii u it just felt like it was a half step up all they did was add one letter onto the end of it It really it's it almost like was a console version of the the ds and the dsi or the 3ds and the new 3ds yeah i mean those are just those are the 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 iphone s's of these platforms you know, the next 
portable system from Nintendo will not be a DS, a 3DS. And whether that's the NX and it is that hybrid platform or something completely different, you know, I think the name Wii is done. I think they they cannot do Wii again. That brand is yeah. confusing. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's, I think it's even smarter to just say, hey, you have to start fresh from here. I mean, no one looks at an Xbox One and goes, hey, why don't my 360 controllers work with that? They understand the need for a new controller. Same yep. with DualShock 3s and DualShock 4s. Um, I think it's time. And yeah, consumers aren't consumers aren't stupid. I mean, when you go to the store and you, well, I mean, or sometimes, but I mean, the fact that I deal with a decent amount of them at GameStop, I mean, most of them understand. Okay, this is a different PlayStation. I need a different PlayStation controller. Most of them understand that upfront, and they know that's how it works. However, when you're buying something that still has the name Wii on it, and there's just an extra letter at the end, that tends to confuse people more. I get questions all the dang time. When I work at GameStop, what's the difference between the Wii and the Wii U? Because we have a Wii and we've thought about getting the Wii U, but what's what's the difference? Honestly, the only difference is the gamepad and the HD graphics. That's the only two things I can think of. Obviously, and better processing the power. And games. Yeah, there's a there's a a handful of good games on the system. Um, it has. I, I wouldn't has say a there's solid library. I wouldn't even say there's double digit good games on that console. I would. Um. I smash Mario Kart, 3D World, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess when that comes out. Um, Pikmin, I guess. Yeah, um, Pikmin's great. Kirby, Rainbow Curse, Wooly World. Um, Mario Maker. Mario Maker, thank you. Um, New Super Mario Bros. U was good. Yeah. See, I don't care for those games. I mean, I'm Nintendo, I'm di- I, yeah, I get it. They're they're not, none of games. None of the but, ones you're listing are bad by any means, but I mean, it's probably just my personal preference and opinion like woolly world looked fun but i just decided i didn't really i tried that out first time the other day at my friend's house Uh, yeah it's probably the uh, it's so pretty it is really pretty it's so pretty and they i obviously didn't play the whole game but i tried a few sample levels and there are some really interesting platforming ideas in that game there's like one level where there are conveyor belts but the conveyor belts are velcro so I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, actually. that's like a that was a really fun level and it was really creative. But it's It's actually you know, pretty hard too. I've played the demo at GameStop that we had up and it was actually pretty complicated. I was surprised. It's a it's a good one, but you know, kind of to steer back a little bit toward the topic of Smash. You know, if it does come, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I suspect uh, NX exclusive stages. Uh, I do not think they bring new characters in, simply because they've maintained character parity between Wii U and 3DS perfectly. It's actually kind of surprising. So I don't think we see new characters. But if they bring it over, there won't be. Yeah, I think if they bring it over, it's just the exact same game. Um, I think they might include they would include the DLC characters, but there won't be any new ones. Like now exclusive yeah. to the NX. You can finally play as King K Rule and Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? People you would imagine? riot and then you get the people yelling and saying, Don't sell us an incomplete game for the Wii U and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um I was gonna say, bottom line, do you think it comes to the system? You think it's in the launch not even launch day, you think it's somewhat in the launch window of the NX? I'm going to say yes, personally. I think it makes sense. Nintendo is trying to 
trying there's they're starting to show that they're wanting to do remakes a little bit more um so it wouldn't surprise me if they did it and i don't know smash is their big game it is their big game that had a short two-year life cycle on this console and i think they'd like to get just a little bit more out of it so i'm gonna say that they do everything you say makes sense like everything about it makes sense for the company to do yeah but i don't I don't know if I want it. See, that's the thing. I, I It's and, easy for me to envision and hard for me to envision at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know. It'd be odd, but I can see them doing it. And I don't know. It, 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 it makes a heck of a lot of sense, but yeah, it's just the fact is, will they do it? We will, we will most definitely see. Um, you know, and really quick, just a little blurb on Nintendo. It's not completely related. The night we're recording this, they do have a financial report to investors coming out so if i I hopefully will be up for that hopefully but um there could be some interesting information figures at the very least obviously but yeah you know if there's anything worthwhile you'll definitely hear about it on the show next week or you can uh you know follow us on twitter at max away or at more man 12 see i did that i did i did a plug like you Good job. Good job. You're getting good there, co-host, but mm-hmm. you're not taking over my seat anytime soon. Um, so switching from one DLC package to the other, Battlefront also got word on its DLC last week. People have been clamoring for them to show off the season pass content. You sold us a half-baked game. It's not complete. Wah, wah, wah. I get so sick of hearing that every day because I love Battlefront, and it's one of my favorite games of last year, and I got a good 50 to 60 hours of enjoyment out of it. Before, More importantly, you got a platinum trophy out of it. Yeah, I got a platinum trophy. That's true as well. Actually, most importantly, I just got fun out of it, which I think too many people just overlook nowadays. But that game was fun. Um, but we finally got word on their, uh, their season pass content as well as uh, the more free, free DLC, which was actually launched last week. Uh, we got new costumes for Han and Luke on Hoth because too many people, including myself, were wondering, um, why the heck does Luke have, is Luke wearing his black Jedi robes and carrying a green lightsaber on Hoth? He carries the blue one and should be a little bit more bundled up because Hoth is pretty cold. So Luke, along with Han now, are both bundled up in their episode five snow winter Hoth gear, their hoodies. Um, so that's pretty cool. It actually fits a little bit more with the freaking terrain now um but we also got first small details on um the season past we've already got a little bit of details from it um we know that there's going to be four more heroes and villains coming up in the season pass there's going to be 20 new pieces of galactic tech vehicle weapons i'm reading this straight off the website uh there's going to be 20 new pieces of galactic tech uh including weapons vehicles and star cards for both the rebels and the empire um there's going to be 16 extra maps four new game modes and a two-week early access to each expansion pack if you are a season pass subscriber and we got a quick look at what is coming up as a season pass owner i am happy with this i think my only complaint is how they are spreading it out so far because we're going to get four packs it sounds like one per season as we go um the first season pass uh the first pack of the four will come out this March. It is called uh, the Outer Rim Pack. It will feature extra maps on Celeste, uh, the factories of Celeste, as well as battles within Jabba the Hutt's Palace on Tatooine, which is incredible. One of my favorite old maps on the older Battlefront games was Jabba's Palace, and I really hope there's a Rancor in this map. There has to be, right? You would think. You would hope. 
I hope that's in there. And I hope you can kill it, too, because you could never kill it. I remember spending entire matches trying to kill the Rancor in Old Battlefront, and you could never kill it. So it'd be cool if that's in there. I, I love Jabba's Palace. I think Jabba's Palace in Episode Six is one of the goofiest scenes in the entire saga, and I love it because of that. I just think Jabba the Hutt as a character is hilarious. and um, Yeah, uh, so this summer... Second pack is going to be a Bespin pack. It's going to feature maps uh, in extra game modes on Cloud City, which is cool, which was always a fun locale on the old games. I like Cloud City. It's pretty. It'll probably look incredible on the game because those graphics are so darn good looking. Um, the fall 2016 pack we're getting is the Death Star. Um, so we don't that's know much about it. That's Yeah. That's what I saw. That was based off solely the name because I saw nothing else. That sounds cool. Like, if you could do, like, a ship battle outside the Death Star. It does Star. sound cool. Yeah, I assume they'll add ship battles to it. Maybe a trench run type game mode or something like that. Yeah, that'll be great. I am looking forward to that one. That's probably See, actually my favorite take, of the three. They could take the speeder bike mission you have to do by yourself, reskin that as the Death Star trench. Yeah, they could just add a small, small extra mission like that. They have also talked about how they're looking into adding some, I think they've talked about it, adding some extra single player stuff so um it's hard to know but we'll see what happens with that i doubt they add anything but or maybe i'm totally wrong and they never said that and i dream that so don't take my word on the single player thing but um so yeah the death star is coming we're gonna get maps there again these are all pretty bare bones we don't have a ton of details um so we just know we're getting celeste and Java's Palace is coming. We're getting Bespin Cloud City stuff. We're getting Death Star. And then early 2017. See, this is weird, man. I don't want my packs coming out this far apart, even it's, though this is well, such a dice thing to do. They well, they always yeah, spread they their expansions play, out. They far. want you to keep playing their game. Yeah. I just you, want it all now. You See, you won't sell the game if you know you're going to get the level you want in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But, um... So the fourth one, which comes out early next year, we do not have any details on right now. And uh, early speculation, some people are saying that possibly it is something dealing with Rogue One, which oh, would you've be got, absolutely you've got incredible. Absolutely is what it is. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Rogue One comes out December of 2016. Early 2017 is when that Rogue One DLC is going to drop, just like they did with Jakku in Episode 7. Um, and then, you know, later they're like, oh, we're not going to have like Kylo Ren or Rey or anything in there. We're focusing on the original trilogy and Rogue One fits right in there with the original trilogy because yep. it bridges the gap between three and four. Yeah. Um, you can have all those people running around on those maps and it would still make sense. Yep. So, so it absolutely is Rogue One DLC. That's why they're not talking about it. I wonder what kind of heroes we'll get. And I wonder, see, that's the thing too. I want, I want a little bit more details on all of these, like. We're getting four more heroes and villains. So does that mean we're getting one hero and villain per pack? Or how is that going to shake down? Like in Jabba's Palace, are we going to get Chewbacca and uh, I don't know, somebody else? And the Bespin pack, are we going to get Lando and somebody else? I, Lando's I don't know. not a hero yet? No, he's not. There's oh, only three on each side. It's Han, Luke, and Leia and Vader, Boba Fett, and the Emperor. Oh, I thought Lando was in it. No, he's not. Hmm. So you gotta think Chewie's coming. You would think Lando's coming. I kind of hope that old Ben Kenobi comes. That would be great. Um, I don't know who else they're gonna add for the villain side though. That's the one thing I've been thinking about. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. They should add Dengar or Bosk. 
Those names mean nothing to me. Or add uh, Forlom and Zuckus, and you can control one with each stick. Again, means nothing to me. Those are all of the bounty hunters. Come on. Yeah. You no. got Dent. You got you got Boba Fett. You got Dengar, Bosk, IG88, Forlom, and Zuckus. Those are the those are the, all the bounty hunters that you see on board Vader's Imperial Star Destroyer in Episode Five. Get with the program, dude. I thought you waited outside to see Episode Seven for like fourteen days or something. I was there for twelve hours, yes, but I don't know the names of the bounty hunters, so. Oh well. I'm just what a nerd like that. You are hardcore. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I know you've been pretty lukewarm on the game, but personally, I think it sounds like a fair amount for the season pass. I, I've already purchased my season pass. I don't feel ripped off by any means. This all sounds great to me. I know a bunch of people were poo-pooing it after it came out last week. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think this all sounds really fun. Um, sounds worth I don't know. $50 to you. Yeah, for sure. You, I mean, like I said, you're getting four more heroes and villains. You're getting twenty extra star cards and va- uh, weapons and vehicles. Um, you're getting f- uh, sixteen extra maps. You're getting four new game modes. Yeah, it's totally worth it to me. Is it is it a quantity versus quality situation? Uh, no, I think honestly, like I've said, I love this game so much that even if it was eight new maps or something like that, I think I'd still be fine with it. I mean, I think this is a lot of content for $50, though. So, Because they're practically doubling up on the maps that are in the game now. They're adding a third of... There's like eight or nine game modes right now, plus they're adding four. So that's almost half as many game modes as there is right now. They're adding four new. So um, they're going to up that by 50%, plus four new heroes and villains. Like, there's, They're adding a lot to the game. I'm excited for it. and um, Plus new weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm totally worth 50 bucks in my opinion i love this game i will be playing this game for a very long time because i'm obsessed with star wars more than i should be but um yeah i i'm i don't regret my purchase in the slightest so big fan big big fan of this game i can't wait to see what this stuff looks like and we'll i can't see wait what, for what battlefront Jeff- four looks like battlefront four maybe battlefront two do they call it two i don't know I was thinking about that the other day. Probably a subtitle thing, if I had to guess. Battlefront. The Battlefront. Imperial Forces. Was that a game? Was that the PSP one? I will look it up while... There was one on the PSP. Maybe it was like Rogue something. Rebel Alliance or something like that. Don't worry. I have the power of the internet. Really? Battle I think I have that power too. PSP. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you. But yeah, but if you, if you try to do it, it might collapse. It was called. Ooh. Ooh. There were three Battlefront games on PSP. Really? Huh? Oh, there was Battlefront 2 on the PSP, and then there was a. Battlefront standalone. Elite Squadron, and then there was Battlefront Re- Renegade Squadron. Elite and Renegade Squadron? Huh? Renegade Squadron was released October 9th of 2007. It was the third entry in the Battlefront series. Designed as a PSP exclusive. Features Rebel Alliance Covert Ops Rogue Renegade Squadron previously unmentioned in Star Wars canon. Um, You could get it 
it was one of the first games available in a bundle pack with the newly redesigned PSP. Yeah, I remember that. I I played it on a friend's PSP. Felt Elite really clunky Squadron and awful. Decided I didn't want it. Was November third of two thousand nine, so this came out like a month later, but this was on DS and PSP. Okay. The then, PSP exclusive one was the main one then that I remember. And then Battlefront Two itself was on PSP as well, which was a pretty dumbed down version of it. I'm sure. But um, but yeah. So that's that. Um, Battlefront rules. Go buy the game. The review for that was. Now I'm curious, but here, carry. carry I was gonna say, Max, you can look up that nonsense later. We got Final Fantasies to talk about. Um. So yeah, Final Fantasy. We got a little bit of news there. We saw some footage from the game last week. It looked pretty, and it had some cool gameplay. Didn't really watch a whole lot of it. I know you watched a little bit more than me, but the main thing is we got a release date reveal. We got a we got a we got date a, we got to be date. announced for the release date of the game. So they announced a date where they'll announce the release date. A date for the date, Max. And that date Save, is it's, March it's 30th. It's like a wedding almost. Um, you are saving the date. Yeah, I guess. You are saving the date. It is hosted. The event is going to be hosted by Greg Miller and Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny, which I think is actually very interesting choice there. Um, apparently, I think the spin is because Greg doesn't do Final Fantasy and apparently Tim does. It's how Final Fantasy 15 will appeal to both uh, types of people. New and old, new and old, which is interesting series. because, you know, I've never—I don't know about you, but I've never played a Final Fantasy game. Nope, same here. I'm in the same boat. So, so. I'm actually very interested in this game because it was originally directed by Tetsuya Nomura, until they moved him 100% onto Kingdom Hearts 3. Thank you. Uh, but you can see in the Episode Duske demo that was exclusive if you bought Type Zero HD, and in this new gameplay, it's clearly Kingdom Hearts inspired as far as the combat goes yeah for which, sure it's way more action based ooh, this time rather than turn based which makes me happy i'm yeah, so same excited here. i don't like the turn based stuff all the time um kind it of looks we- it wears on me unless the systems are right that keep it together it's it looks very top-notch triple a very big big game um, there were some set pieces. There was like a mini stealth section, and then it got really action oriented. New character was revealed. You know, things that Final Fantasy fans are gonna just lick up right away, and it's it's cool and it's exciting, but really almost like the Last Guardian because really Final Fantasy fifteen has been its existence has been known for eight years a uh, while it started out almost as, is this decade? the one that started out as versus versus 13 yeah yeah um yeah. like this game has been known about for eight ish years i think maybe even longer it's kind of one of those games where i just kind of want it to come out at this point and so to hear they're announcing an event to announce the release date is a little ridiculous to me not yeah a little, not a little ridiculous it is ridiculous but it is nice to know that we will finally. It, it is nice to know that we will finally know the day because they keep reassuring you that it's 2016, it's 2016, it's 2016. So it's going to be nice to hear the month and the day attached with it. I peg it as a. I doubt that comes out in summer. I peg. I'll it as say a fall. September. September. 
That's what I'm shooting for. You think for. it pulls a you think I'll it say, pulls a um, Phantom Pain, a Destiny slot? It just gets like right there, early bird. Yeah, let me pull my computer. It. Let me pull my calendar up, and I'm gonna oh, choose man, an he's exact, going to exact. I'm gonna get an exact date for you. Yeah, Max, that game's gonna come out on September 20th. September 20th. Yep, you heard it here first. September 20th, 2016, Final Fantasy 15. Yep. Now, I wanted to ask you. Because I actually was in class this evening, and uh, another classmate, a student, asked me what I thought of the footage. Because he had it up on his computer, he was watching it. And he said, are you going to get the game? And I said, you know, I never played Final Fantasy before, but it looks like Kingdom Hearts, so I'm very, very interested. Um, so I'm probably leaning more toward buying this game. And I'm curious, how do you feel? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I am definitely looking to get the game. It'll be one of those games I probably wait for reviews for. Um, again, we've got a segment later on talking about RPGs. I'm not a huge JRPG guy by nature, um, so they're they're pretty foreign to me. Haha. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't play a lot of them. So, but this one has my attention. Like I said, it looks more action based. It looks more kind of the story looks streamlined and more streamlined and funny it's just hey it's dudes in a car going on a road trip and they fight mega titan monster people on the way um it looks funny i don't know i like the tone of the trailers that it's given off and yeah i i'm looking forward to the game we will see if i buy it i ended up buying final fantasy 13 sat on my shelf for a long while and i never put it in my ps3 once traded it in so I tried to get into the series with 13, just played too much other stuff. We'll see what happens here, but like I said, I am way more interested. If the reviews are phenomenal for it, I will most likely pick it up. All, it's going to depend on where Mass Effect Andromeda lands, though, because if it's that close, game's 2017. I I think I agree with you. It's still slated for 2016, but I think it's, I it's, agree with you. We haven't seen it's gonna, anything. We didn't say anything of Fallout, though. But, so. see, the difference between that and Fallout was Fallout was announced and then came out less than six months later. They Andromeda, did. Andromeda's been announced. I was going to say. Andromeda's a thing. Yeah, to, to uh, Bioware's credit, though, they did a similar thing with Inquisition. They're like, hey, guys, we're making Dragon Age. Here's a trailer. And everybody's like, oh, cool, Dragon Age. And then, hey, here's our box art for Dragon Age. And everybody's like, okay, that looks pretty cool. And, hey, here's a couple gameplay trailers for Inquisition. And then it was out. So their time on Inquisition was pretty short as well. I don't know if you remember that at all, but they really didn't show off a ton of the game yeah. until it was pretty much nearly out. So they could do the same thing here. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, I Again, I do agree with you, though. I think Andromeda is probably a 2017 video game. But we will see. Um, did you want to say anything else about this? I don't know. So, Are you going to pick it up? I... Like like I kind of said it, I'm I'm leaning toward probably, um, for two reasons. It's one of those mm, games. It's so hyped. Remember something. It's so hyped that I'm the curiosity got me. I mean, I bought you bought the I bought Type Type Zero HD for the demo. Yeah, and you know the demo was fun. I had a good time with it. Um, but the other reason I'm just excited for this game to come out is even though Nomura is 100% on Kingdom Hearts 3 now, the sooner this game comes out, that just means we are clo- that much closer to Kingdom Hearts 3. Which well, we're closer to Kingdom every Hearts day. 3 right now. I know, but dude, it's and just... And right now. And, and, and uh, right now again. So I know, and it's a wonderful feeling. 
<laughs> but like I can't wait to hear about that game Kingdom Hearts 3 at E3 this year. I cannot wait for 2.8 Final Mix HD uh what is it? Uh, Final Chapter Prologue. Like I can't wait for a release date on that, which will be summer probably this year like September-ish time, which would be interesting. So that might push it forward, which would be better. But regardless like the sooner final fantasy comes out the sooner kingdom hearts comes out and so i'm all for it uh but you got to remember they got to go back and patch final fantasy a couple times because i mean they took the time to go back and patch that demo that they put out so it's gonna take a couple patches for final fantasy first before they worry about kingdom hearts 3 i mean got to get your priorities right got to patch that game first and make sure everything's in fine order before you move on max um yeah i'm looking forward to kingdom hearts 2 but um I agree with you. Um, the one thing I did remember, we gotta we gotta kill this new segment here pretty quickly. We're kind of getting well. We're, it's not like we have a limited amount of time, but I'd like to get through it. Um, the one other thing I wanted to say, it's also gonna depend where Persona Five falls for me because I am more interested Ooh. in Persona Five than I am um, Final Fantasy Fifteen. So if those two are pretty close in release dates, I'm probably gonna lean towards persona 5 being my jrpg of choice um i doesn't mean i won't maybe get back to final fantasy 15 at a later date pick it up at some other time but i'm more interested in persona at this point so it'll depend on how those two release i, I don't know that. how you feel about the two of them or which i one i haven't beaten four so i really am not interested i haven't in beaten four either but again it's one of those things where like each new game is a different game so i don't feel bad if i never finish four and i jump into five because i liked four um i just i don't know i there was not i literally don't think i hated anything about the game i just never ended up beating it so because it's long and there's a lot to do and anyway um final news story bethesda is going to be back at e3 this year with their own press event which is kind of surprising since we only last year was their first time doing it what do they have to announce that's the thing. I mean, off, they will show off Doom again. They will, they will show, show off Dishonored 2. They will show off Dishonored 2 much more in detail this time. Well, Doom could be out, though, couldn't it? I thought Doom was supposed to be, like, first half of the year. To Maybe the I'm, internet. Um, the fact that it doesn't have a release date yet probably shows I'm totally wrong. So they could show off a little bit more Doom. I bet they focus on the multiplayer side of Doom, honestly. Um, Dishonored 2 as well. They could always do Wolfenstein since they've got that under their belt as well i don't know it's interesting bethesda publishes and develops more than you would think um uh, they can't do an elder scrolls way too soon for that i don't know that i mean this is the most interesting story of the week probably because the last we don't really know what the last year we knew the big thing was going to be fallout they spent a good 45 minutes to an hour talking about fallout I don't know what the big thing's going to be for him this year. So it, Skyrim, I think it's Skyrim six. Um, just Skyrim six but, or Skyrim two. Elder Scrolls six. Thank you. You know what I mean. Um, although there's no firm date been set, this is the top news story that has been a while. They said they were aiming for a spring 2016 for Doom. Okay, I thought so. I thought they said that, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's pushed till fall. But yeah, they really so, showed a decent amount of single-player stuff that game last year. I really think that if it if that game isn't out by E3, they will spend up, spend time talking about the multiplayer because that is a side that I think there's a pretty decent audience for. Um, but 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. This is the one news story this week that I'm kind of left shrugging my shoulders with my hands up in the air saying, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, cause I don't think any of us really expected this to happen again, even though it was highly successful when they did do it last year. And it was a nice kickoff to E3 as well on that Sunday night after the game of Thrones season finale. That was a really good Sunday. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do this year. I really don't know. They could always talk about Fallout and talk about the modding for it and things like that. And the DLC as well, which I assume won't all be out by that point. No, heck no, it won't be out. Um, so they can talk about Fallout to an extent. Like I said, they've also got Wolfenstein. I wouldn't be surprised to see a next Wolfenstein game announced. Um, I don't know. They've got a couple interesting things. Isn't Bethesda also the one who published uh, Evil Within? I think they could show off Evil Within 2, which I know some people really loved and some people really hated. I, But yeah, they've, I see, they publish way more things than you would think. I thought so. So yeah, they've got a lot of things that they could show off, sequels too, but I'd really love a new IP, if I'm being totally honest. It'd be cool if they've been sitting on something new that they've been, uh, if some, that they're going to publish and they show it off for the first time there. Um, but yeah, it'll also be nice to see a little bit more Dishonored too as well. Because I like the first one, didn't love it. All right, that's our news for the week. That was our new news. Now it's old news. So, Max... That's it for this segment. We are going to we are going to go go. We're going to be right back with our topics, which need need a name as well. Our topical topics. We could call it new news and topical topics. How redundant is that? We'll think of something better. Um, we'll be right back in a moment. We're going to talk about local co-op and kind of our favorites our favorite experiences with it and touch on RPGs as well. So we will be right back in just a moment and talk about that.
Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed that little ditty right there. That's a song I've been enjoying lately from a good old RPG, Chrono Trigger to be precise. Um, Max, let's uh, let's actually talk about RPGs, which is something we've we decided we're going to talk about tonight. Both of these topics tonight you came up with, so what did you want to talk about here with RPGs? RPGs are cool games. They're, they are a very specific genre. They're my They've, favorite genre, actually. They kick butt. The Witcher 3 is an RPG, for example. Games like Final Fantasy XV are JRPGs. Um, <coughs> these role-playing games allow players to do different roles, but there are uh, many different mechanics and types of games. And, you know, there were games like Paper Jam that just came out for 3DS. And then there are games like uh, Thousand Year Door, which is an old paper, older Paper Mario game. And, you know, there are certain things that people like in RPGs and, you know, turn-based combat or real-time combat. And I'm curious what maybe, like, your favorite RPG is that you've played, maybe your least favorite RPG that you've tried, or elements you like from RPGs. I'm just kind of curious what your taste is like in an RPG. Um... First off, let me go ahead and say the greatest RPG of all time is Knights of the Old Republic 1 on the original Xbox. That is my personal favorite. Uh, that's as good as it gets with Bioware. I, of course, love Star Wars as well, so that is a perfect mash mashup in my opinion. Um, I like RPGs where you feel like you get stronger from the beginning of the game compared to the end of the game, which is one of my few complaints that I had with The Witcher 3, I think that level up system in the game is duty. Um, I think the skill points that you can spend on upgrades really don't do anything to make you feel stronger throughout the course of the game. It's mainly more weapons based and armor based that makes you feel like you're getting better. Um, I like it when you level up and with those skill points you get to level up with, you feel like you get a little bit better every time, which is something that not... I want to say not even this Fallout, but Fallout 3 did really well, I thought. Every time you uh, upgraded and uh, leveled up in Fallout 3, I always felt like I got just a little bit better. Um, it's also something the original Mass Effect did really well. Um, again, Knights of the Old Republic did well as, um, as well. Um, yeah, I like, the, I like feeling that sense of okay, I'm constantly getting better. I'm constantly getting better. I got to grind. I got to grind. I'm, I know I'm getting stronger, though. Um, and that's one of the things that a lot of people who play Bloodborne talk about that they like so much is that for the first couple hours, they're really bad, but they grind through it. They get a couple skill points and or whatever. I don't I haven't played Bloodborne yet, so I don't know if, what kind of level up system they've got. But um, I like feeling like you're getting better. That's one of my favorite things about the genre. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I... I, I don't know. I'll take this in a different direction in a second. But what what's your initial thought? My when I look at RPGs, I prefer. I think I prefer real time over turn based. That was something I was going to bring up in a second. So, do you like turn based or do you like act or action or real time? I, I. I prefer real time as well. I think I think I prefer overall. I prefer real time, but then you look at one of 
Mine. You look at favorite RPGs, which is Mario Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, and that is a turn based. Yeah, and my favorite um, Knights of the Old Republic is technically turn based as well. Um, it happens a little bit more in real time, but it is more of a turn type thing. So obviously, See, we so don't it's... hate turn based by any means, but right, there are games that execute it very well. I think, and you know, to each the taste and things like that. But then you look at my favorite franchise of all time, which is Kingdom Hearts. And that is a that is a game, since it's a series I've been so invested in, you look at it where it started in Kingdom Hearts 1, and you can literally see the RPG mechanics evolving from the early 2000s now up to, I mean, when the 3 comes out, it'll be 2017, I'm sure. So, you know, that's almost 17, 16, 17 years of RPG mechanics evolving within a franchise and outside of the times and if you look at the impact of kingdom hearts as a franchise it's directly influencing final fantasy 15 mostly because the game directors are the same but you know a staple franchise like final fantasy is being directly influenced by almost its little brother kingdom hearts and i think that is very interesting yeah yeah i think uh something interesting about kingdom hearts and i don't know if you'll agree with me here but um, that was one of the first games I played when I was a kid that I knew had RPG elements to it. But I'd never at any point felt like it was a full-on RPG. Maybe you'll totally disagree with me there. But that was one of the first games I felt like that with, where it was more of an action game at its roots, but then it had these RPG elements. Nowadays, I look at every game, though, and you can't hardly play a game without it having some sort of RPG mechanics in it. Heck, even Disney Infinity, every single character that you buy in that game has its own separate skill tree that you can level the character up and then spin those skill points and unlock a force choke move for Darth Vader or unlock some sort of uh, blaster damage bonus for Han Solo or something like that. Um, every game now seems to have some sort of RPG mechanics to it, um, but there's only a select few that really stick to that mold now it seems like yeah and what you were saying about kingdom hearts one kingdom hearts one definitely is more action-based and really the franchise does have its roots in action but as you go on later um two and probably birth by sleep and definitely chain of memories chain of memories There is a strategy involved. You can't go in there. Like, two, you can you go in there and you mash square and push triangle when they tell you to. The RPG really comes in how you build your valor forms and things like that. Birth by Sleep introduced the command deck, which is just stacking your attacks a certain way and executing them and combining them and mixing and matching to make better attacks, which unlock forms. Like, there's it can get deep there's a, there's a trail there that you can get lost in making your characters a certain way and one way they made that a little more easy to digest is dividing it into three protagonists you know where aqua is more magic focused so really if you want your magic build with her where terry's more physical attacks so you're going to give him all that heavy hitting stuff and then ventus is a more even balanced character he's kind of speedy so they they break it up there dream drop distance goes back to those action roots with the uh, flow motion which you can see is definitely an element within Kingdom Hearts 3 but you know it's very interesting to look at that but I don't want to talk about Kingdom Hearts the whole time because there are other RPGs out there 
Um, I'm kind of curious. What's your? I I know you've been playing Chrono Trigger lately. I don't know how much you have that yeah. played, but um, what's not, your not take? Not too much of it, actually. Um, what's your take on that one so far? I'm kind of. Uh, I played it about. I honestly, so I played it for about 30 minutes. Got into the intro, realized it was a PS1 game, and I totally forgot to save. And auto saving wasn't a thing. Died. Kicked me back to the main menu screen. Realized I lost all my data. So I need to get back to where I was in that game. Luckily, I wasn't very far in it, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, the combat system's cool, though. Its combat system's pretty unique. I haven't played it in about a week. I'm, it it's kind of a turn-based thing, but it also is sort of a real-time thing. You'll just happen upon enemies out of nowhere, and then the battle. St- starts right then there's no like cut away and then you're in like a battle scenario um the battle pretty much begins as soon as you find an enemy which is which is cool it doesn't that's the one thing i I dislike about turn-based um turn-based rpgs for the most part um one of the things i like again about knights of the old republic is that when you see an enemy you choose your attack and your character runs up and then attacks there's no cut away to then a fighting area such as in paper mario oh hey there's an enemy let's cut away now now we're on the stage uh, setting and right then yeah I I, I I i like that sometimes but for the most part i hate it uh it takes too long you want to just kind of get into the fight at some point um one of the things that as i've grown older and more of become more of a curmudgeon that i hate about pokemon i when i was a kid i never used repels I haven't played one of those games in five years where I'm not walking around in the grass without using super repels trying to keep the stupid wild Pokemon off me so I don't have to get into some deep battle with them. Um, or just, I don't know, even choosing to run from them gets annoying. Um, so I think I that's why I like more of the action ones. But um, I don't know. What was I even saying? I don't even know how I got off on that tangent. Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger. Like it's fun. I like it so far. The writing's cool writing's cool the writing's funny um i've learned i don't know it's kind of it's a dorky has great music that's obviously the song i'm gonna plug in this week's episode um great music that's the one thing that stuck with me immediately when i started playing the game um i like it i'll yeah. probably i don't know if i'll dive back into it this week i've actually i don't know we'll see i'll figure it out but that's one game i definitely want to beat on my radar so i will pl- i'm be playing that over the next few months um, the thing I wanted to ask you is, lay it on me. So, do you prefer games where the RPG mechanics are like it's a, it's a part of the game? Obviously, like you could would consider the game still an RPG, like um, I don't know, Far Cry or something like that, where it's definitely got a lot of RPG elements to it. Do you prefer games like that, or do you prefer like actual? deep rpgs because the thing i'll say about actual rpgs that really takes a toll on me is they're so long most of the time they're so in-depth i think i've talked about on the show before but like one of the things with me going back and playing fallout is that or even just playing fallout in general from the first day i had it i don't like to play that game unless i know i've got a couple spare hours on me rpgs are not something i like to sit down and play for 30 minutes and then jump out um so that's the one downside I think I have with the genre is that I never feel like if I have just a couple minutes, like last night I just wanted to play games for 30 minutes or an hour before I went to bed. So I hopped in the witness, I played that and that was it. I wouldn't have wanted to play say Dragon Age Inquisition in that time period because then I would have been up until four in the morning. Um, do you feel the same way or is that just kind of me? Um, 
in the situation of you and me, I think it is you. I prefer meat on the bones, like a good chunk of meat on the bones of my RPGs. There's just, um, like, um, let's draw the analogy. Paper Jam just came out, which got, I'd say, mediocre reviews. Some people enjoyed it. Some people didn't. Um, but you, so, like, the, that take of a Mario RPG on the go... Uh, I booted up paper, uh, I'm sorry, Partners in Time for the first time and kind of was playing through the first world. And then you look at the more meaty console versions of those games, the original Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, or uh, even Super Paper Mario. And I most definitely prefer the console versions of those games. Not because they're prettier to look at or there's more to do or... There's a depth in the mechanics that the these portable versions just don't reach. And so sure, there's more to do in like Thousand Year Door. You're collecting star pieces. You're collecting shine sprites. You're leveling up your party. You're exploring this world. You're connecting the world together. The stories, um, there's the side quests. There's filling the cookbook. You know, all these kind of smaller things that flesh out the game really yeah. don't happen in the portable ones. And it's not to say the portable ones are bad, but they do lack... They lack the meat and potatoes of it. I don't want to say the soul because sometimes some of the games really do capture. No, the I t- I of... totally get what you're saying. I mean, I feel like yeah, a real RPG the... experience is having all of that side stuff to do most of the time. Like the Witcher, that's what separates like the... the huge RPGs from the ones that are pretty narrow focused. And yeah, and but then you go and you look at like at least for me, if I look at Kingdom Hearts, there's really not side quest in Kingdom Hearts. No, not really. It's pretty. It's There's, a pretty linear. It's the game. main quest, and you can you can go and grind things out, and you know, this almost the side quests are like collecting the keyblades and the gear and things like that. But there's not an explicit. Yeah, creating like, your ultimate hey, weapon, things like that. Me. Yeah, it's not. Hey, come help me clear Heartless from my restaurant. It's just do the game. It's so you know. But then those games have the depth. Of post game and um, well, Kingdom Hearts in and of really... itself isn't a quest based thing, and I think that's the thing is some RPGs right. are based in like quests, and you just picked up a new quest here, and some of them aren't. And I don't know, I think that's what separates a lot of them because even like yeah. uh, the and Mario, you know, like... the Mario games, there's usually not a quest system in them. So yeah, I mean, like Thousand Year Door had the tattle board, yeah, and you'd go and you'd help people with that, but. You know, whether it's rich side quest or deep mechanics or strong post-game content like secret bosses or, uh, you know, that legendary weapon you want to go and try and collect everything to synthesize, whatever it is, I like, I like the, I like a hefty RPG more than these lighter versions or sprinkled mechanics like in a Far Cry. Now, do the mechanics help those other games? If executed correctly, absolutely. Um, it doesn't. It's no harm of having a light RPG mechanics or gameplay, if done right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, 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 with you, I like the deeper mechanics of RPGs. I like the ones where there's more stuff going on. Um, like I said, just sometimes it's hard for me to get motivated to play them, just because I know the time sink that will be involved with playing them. So. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is there any other places we can take this conversation? I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you want to chip in? I'm sorry, I yawned. 
there's How a rumor that Paper Mario Wii. Well, uh, Paper Mario Wii U may be coming. Solid, solid rumors about that game. I feel like that's been and going on forever. It, nah, these are new, fresh, nice, juicy rumors. I'm telling you, man. If they can just capture the spirit of Thousand Year Door and forget Super Paper Mario. I was going to say, that hasn't happened. been the focus of the series in like the past two or three titles, though. So Exactly, that's the problem. So then you go back to their roots, the first two. Which was GameCube, if, which was over ten years ago. But they got to get back in touch. I agree with you. No, I, I totally agree with you. Super, uh, Thousand Year Door is one of my Super- favorite RPGs ever. So it's a it's a top. If I'm honest, it's probably a top three game. If I'm honest with myself, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd put it that high for myself. It's definitely a top it's a, three of the GameCube era, probably for myself. But I don't know. I don't know where I would rank that one personally. Um, let's talk about local co-op. So this was something else you wanted to talk about. I mentioned it earlier. Couch co-op is kind of dying um we wanted to sort of hit on some of our experiences in the past some good memories we've had with couch co-op and local co-op local multiplayer um things of that nature what so talk about what kind of enticed you to want to bring this up this week uh what kind of really sparked the idea for this topic was i recently had some mario kart tournaments um uh, one day, uh, the girlfriend a girlfriend and I wanted to play a game, and was like, what about Mario Kart? And she said, yeah. So we played through uh, 64 and Double Dash. We played you know a few races in those. Then I had a couple of my best friends over uh, last week, and we did the same sort of thing. We got 64 and Double Dash. But just yesterday, we decided, the, f- the four of us, so my girlfriend and then my two, two of my best friends, Josh and Josh, Josh Micah and Josh Pike, and then myself all decided to do a mario kart tournament and we did a cup in each game from 64 double dash wii and mario kart 8 wii u and we did a point system and we ranked and we played and that like people were standing up uh one of the joshes threw his controller in frustration i gave him a stern talking to (laughs) (laughs) But he threw my GameCube controller. It was not. I was upset. I was upset. But you know, like there's, like there's this tension of these races, and you know, like the red shell coming, or slip on a banana peel, or someone got the mushroom right at the finish line, and you know, people are jumping and shouting and dancing, and there's an energy with it. And I can go online. I can play Mario Kart 8. And it's buttery smooth online connection. 60 frames a second is a great game i'm having a good time i can even do co-op multiplayer online i can have someone next to me and we race against other people but that energy is lost on the internet and understandably so very few games i think capture energy like that online the only one i can really think of is destiny where i've i play destiny with my friend kevin and there's an energy there when we do something awesome wait which uh, kevin are we talking about Kevin Coelho? No, no. The one and only Kevin I know. Kevin Hart? I do not, I do, I do not like Kevin Hart. Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Kevin from Home Alone. 
Kevin from, uh, oh, what's that thing called? I, I forget. Continue. I'll think of more Kevin. Thank you. Uh, you know, Destiny kind of has that energy, and I think that's around the game design and the community with that. But, you know, then you think about other times of co-op, like LAN parties with Halo 2 or Smash Brothers, like we were talking <clears> about having friends over Wednesday for the new DLC. And, you know, it's just it's something I miss. And I was kind of curious about your memories with local co-op or what you love about local co-op. You know, I just was kind of curious. Another thing is, you know, Shovel Knight Amiibo unlocks co-op and Shovel Knight. I still haven't found anyone to play co-op with me. So I'm a sad man about that one. I shed a tear for your Shovel Knight sadness. Thank you. Um, okay, so some of my favorite memories. I don't know, just off the top of my head, for a couple years there, I had a friend come over like every September, October, and we would end up playing through an entire Halo game on Legendary Difficulty in like mm-hmm. a night or two. That was something we always did. Um, I, I don't know. I would always like to have my friends come over and play uh, Halo with me on Legendary. Do that. I would do that a lot. I would do Gears of War a lot, do a lot of couch co-op on Gears 1 and Gears 2. Never ended up doing it on Gears 3. But uh, did couch co-op the campaigns on both of those games on the hardest difficulty um, you brought up Halo 2. That was something I did for a long time. Uh, Halo 2 and Halo 3. I didn't do much. I don't think I ever did System Link with Halo 2, but I would always stack four people into a room and four of my friends would play that game. Um, when we got to Halo, when we got to Halo 3 and Reach as well, um, we started doing System Link, and we'd pile eight people, uh, like four into one room, four into another. We'd have wires running between rooms, and that would all, that was always That's fun ex- because we'd be yelling. Uh, insults yeah, and stuff my, into the hallway and stuff like that between rooms. My Halo 2 days were four TVs, four separate rooms, cables throughout the whole house. F- you know, so four teams of four, it was great. You know, you don't get that anymore. There's an energy yeah. with it. Yeah, there is. There totally is. Um, I think I think that online and local couch co-op can kind of live separately, though. Like, I don't have, I don't have a problem against internet because our internet gaming because it's usually more laid back and it's usually like i know personally when i go to play with people online uh through the internet i'm usually kind of just wanting to wind down more often than not um compared to whenever i used to stack people into a room and play it was like you said that energy was there but that was also like what i was doing that was what we were all doing that night that was the event um so i don't know sometimes i'll play games pretty passively online with other people eh, sometimes i don't know um it just depends on your frame of mind too if you've got a bunch of your friends piled into a room and you want to prove you're the best to your friends then you're probably a little bit more hyped up compared to i don't know playing with a bunch of strangers online you don't care about that as much and proving anything to a bunch of random people who you won't play with in the next game um so yeah i, I i'm trying to think of some other games Smash, of course, did a lot of Smash, uh, especially on Game, uh, well, GameCube and Wii. Actually, I've said for a long time that Super Smash Brothers Brawl is probably the game I have played the most of, and it's the longest, like the most longevity I've ever had out of a single game, because up until Smash for Wii U came out last year, I kid you not. We, I was still getting together with friends to play 
Super Smash Brothers Brawl on Wii probably once every week or two for probably two, three, four hours. Why Brawl instead of Melee? Because uh, we just like Brawl. More characters, okay. more... Um, I don't know. It has the tripping and all of that, but I don't know. It's a little bit faster as well. Um, uh, no, other way around. Brawl is slow. Really? Oh, uh, take my word on that one. Brawl is slow. I don't know. Um, I I never felt like Melee... We, we would go to Melee sometimes. Don't get me wrong. We would go back to it occasionally. Um... But Brawl was kind of the one where our my like friend group of people who all played that game together. That's where we all. That was the one we all played. Um, compared right. to Melee, which was the one when I was growing up, and I played that one with my neighbor a lot and a couple other people. But um, Brawl was the one that was out. That was the new one. That was the one everybody was playing. Kind of when my friend group started hanging out, and when I had a car in high school and I was going to other people's houses to play. That was still the new one. That was the one we were all playing with consistency and. I don't know. The characters were much better on it and some better maps and things like that. Um, I get that it's obviously not a competitive game in the same way that the new Smash or the or Melee is because it would have stupid things like tripping and stuff like that. But um, that was the one I think we just enjoyed playing more. So, Right. I got a lot. I Yeah, I've probably played that game more than any other game that I can think of. Super Smash Bros. Brawl. That's insane, actually. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. But I, you know, I just, I love local co-op, and, you know, I love to see it implemented well in new games. Like, Cuphead's going to have local co-op. That'll be good. Um, you know, so it's, or, you know, the Lego games really excel at a co-op experience. Um, so, you know, it's nice. It's it's something I, I didn't realize I missed as much, to, as much as I did. Yeah, I, I like it. I feel like it's kind of... In a weird way, I like looking back on it with a sort of sense of nostalgia. Like, oh, that was, those were good days because I don't know if it would be the same if I did that on a regular basis now. You know what I mean? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Clearly clearly not for you, considering you've been kind of having a renaissance in it lately. Um, but those things in my mind are in my memory, and I hold those times close and close to my heart, I guess sounds really sappy but um yeah those those days were kind of are kind of sealed in my memory and i think it would be strange unless i was living with roommates or something like that for me and all my old buddies to just come together again and start playing games like that like we used to especially when dig, it, you, dig them out dig those memories out especially when you can only well that's the other thing when you can only stack four people onto a console and system link's not really a thing too often anymore believe it or not yes um i've actually because one of my buddies is actually coming home from the air force this week and he's like hey i got borderlands let's play that together and i was like sure uh we'll do system link or whatever and i realized the game didn't support system link uh the handsome collection doesn't support it so that was strange really doesn't support it uh even though i know that borderlands 2 did because i did that game system link a couple times because i just take it to my friend's house and we do that for the heck of it. We uh, for Borderlands one and two, I played with two other guys, but we couldn't figure out the system link thing. So we actually just, I actually went over there. I think they had two TVs, and I brought my smaller TV over, and we each brought our own PlayStation, and we all just hooked up over the internet and played together, but in the same room. So <laughs> that was 
that was fun. We couldn't figure out the system link thing, so that's why we did it like that. But we were still in the same room together playing the same exact game in the same party and everything. It's not bad. It, so, I mean, if you want, you could probably try that with your friend. Yeah, well, then I sold Handsome Collection because of that. So, um, I don't know. We, we uh, just both decided we didn't want to play it a couple weeks later anyway. Um, so I ended up getting rid of it recently. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I will, I'd, like to, I'd like to have a resurgence in playing local co-op, but it would just have to depend on the game, too. Special shout-out to Castle Crushers. That was a game that I played a lot of on 360 um, with one of my friends specifically. Um, we would play that game constantly, uh, locally. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I don't know. There's a bunch of games I can probably think of, and I probably do more local co-op or local multiplayer than I even think of right now. Um, like, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but um, my girlfriend and I, we play the Telltale games together. Yeah. And while those aren't explicitly co-op, you know, two controllers, you know, split screen or whatever, it's the two of us making decisions together and kind of playing the story our way. Yeah, totally. I get you. You know, those. so I think those are fun to do What do you well. do during, during those instances where you've got like 10 seconds to make a decision? Do you just look at her and scream, Abby, what do I do? Uh, That or like I'll shout them out really quick. And, you know, she's sitting there so she can read them at the same time I yeah. do. And so we'll be like, what do we pick? And usually we say the same thing. Sometimes I just go for it. I just make like a gut reaction. Um, sometimes I blatantly ignore her and go, no. And then <laughs> you get, you, that's how like you get a get, divorce, we, Max. We're not married. I don't know. Can't You can't get divorced if you're not married. But we, um, you know, so we play together like that. But usually we, you know, are on the same page or pick one thing. When the new Michonne game comes out, the Walking Dead Michonne miniseries yeah. event, um, she's going to be the one actually playing that one because Michonne's her favorite character. So I'm going to be the co-pilot on that one. Nice. That should be interesting without you in full control. I'm excited control. for it. I'm excited for um, it. Sorry. Is that it for the week then? I think so. I think that, that that's all I have yeah. to offer. Good good discussions. Good talks. Um Thanks for joining us this week, you guys. Thanks for joining us every week. For those of you who listen every week, um, this has been Millennial Gaming Speak, episode 33. I am, I, I almost said I am Max. I am Logan Moore. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Max. You are Max. I'm Logan Moore. You can follow me on Twitter at MoreMan12. That is Max. You can follow him on Twitter at MaxTheWhite. You can follow our show's account at MGS Podcast. Heads up, we're probably, no probably about it. I want to get a more of a social media presence going with the show account so follow that account if you listen to this show please follow us there um we want to up our social media presence we're hoping that will increase our weekly listeners we're trying to figure some stuff out we're getting some stakes in the fire i think that's the term if not whatever um what else you can email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com with any questions comments concerns or criticism that you may have we would love to hear from you we're always loving to hear from the people who listen to this show on a weekly basis or even on a monthly basis or just a whenever basis um we'd love to hear from you guys so please feel free to email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com and just tell us hello or tell us what you think about the video game Catherine. i i don't know tell me anything um But I think that is it for this week. Thank you, Max. Thank you, myself. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Michael Jordan, for joining us this week. 
Um, I know you're the greatest basketball player of all time. You've got to run the Charlotte Hornets. You've got to draft some white guys, uh, which you do a lot of between Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come here. Words that literally meant nothing to me. And don't say that. Wait until Michael Jordan leaves before you bash him. Um, But with that, thanks, Mike. You're the best. You're the greatest. Nice championship rings you got there. Like Mike. Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow when he gets. Oh yeah. The weird part of that movie to me was that I didn't understand if he got his basketball powers from the shoes because they belonged to Michael Jordan. Or because they got electrocuted. Like, which both. was it they both? They belonged to Michael Jordan, and therefore the electricity infused the literal life skills of Michael Jordan. Into oh, him. I see. So if they weren't electrocuted, they would have just been shoes that belonged to Michael I Jordan. I see. The other, if it was elect- the other weird thing about that movie, though, get, let's get some inside baseball going, or inside basketball. When Young, I'm trying to remember his character's name on that movie. Bow Wow. Just call when Bow Wow gets those shoes, the shoe size he would have in that movie, because he's a, he's a young kid in that movie. He's a young child. That's the whole point of the movie. He's a young movie. Magic. He's a young child playing on a grown NBA team. But when he would, the shoe size that he would have at that point in his time, in Michael Jordan's shoe size at that time, Michael Jordan probably wasn't that good at basketball. Michael Jordan didn't make his high school team, so. It, the, the size of shoes that Bow Wow is wearing in that movie were probably from Michael Jordan in an era where Michael Jordan wasn't that great at basketball, yet he gets all the powers of Michael Jordan in the movie. They were big Michael Jordan shoes from pro Michael Jordan, and the electricity shrunk them because of movie magic. Really? Is that what is that what it did? They shrunk them? I didn't – I thought – Did you not read the back of the VHS? Is that tape? what happens in your dryer sometimes when it shrinks stuff? Like just like random lightning bolts zap your clothes, and it's like, oh, dang, my shirt shrunk a little. That sucks. Is that what happens? Yep. That's how electricity <laughs> works, kids. Thanks for discovering that for us, Ben Franklin. Um. That's it for the show this week. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Uh, This has been episode 33 of Millennial Gaming Speak. Alan Parsons Project, do not sue us.